This episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 321 for the week of Wednesday, the 9th of May, 2018. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are... Eddie. And Scott. This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate, Audible, and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our toys of the week are the Jurassic World Deluxe Claire and Owen, and the Sideshow Collectibles Zatanna Premium Format Statue. Well, welcome back, gentlemen. Feels like it's been ages. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hello. So, <laughs> Hello. Uh, are you guys uh, one of the four people that hasn't seen that movie that everyone's talking about? You're asking oh. me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm just going to jump right ahead here and say I, it took me about five days to get along to Infinity War because of I'm you know stunned. family family responsibilities and that with, with children. And I think... Eddie had already seen it like 11 times by the time I saw it the first time. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. I, I was shocked that Scotty saw it. That was my. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because when I, uh, it was on, the day before I w- was away for work and my eldest texted me when I was sitting in the airport lounge and said, are we seeing Avengers tomorrow? And I was like, oh, yeah. So uh, it was the Anzac Day public holiday, which is a Wednesday public holiday. And I was like, oh, we probably can because we don't really have much on. And so I just jumped on and booked tickets and it's like, oh, fine. And then uh, the next day, on, on the day that we went and saw the film, I looked back in my Facebook On This Day Memories and saw that uh, I think it was two years previously on that day that we had seen Avengers Age of Ultron. And six Ooh. years previously on that day, we saw Avengers. Mm-hmm. Huzzah! I know. So I was like, wow. So, you know, I'm not a, I have to be there on opening day thing, but it was only because it was a public holiday. And, you know, because we've got teenagers and we're busy, there are very few times where we actually all have time to do something together. And so it was Mm -hmm. more jumping Mm -hmm. on that. But, but I also, with this film in particular, I felt like, you know, I normally, I don't really care about spoilers, right? Like I'm not, um, but with this film, I felt like, you know, I, I want to be able to just enjoy it without yes. um, kind of a pre predisposition, I guess, to, and, and, I'm, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I went in and um, just yes. saw it without any spoilers. Mm. <laughs> now, yes, I, I managed to avoid all, all things too, so that was, that was quite good. I'm impressed good. that you stayed uh, away from it for that yeah. long. Yeah, well, it's also it's it's like seventeen hours long, so you can't kind of, you know, just take that little bit of extra time over lunch and and go and see it or something. You know, you're missing a whole afternoon basically. So, but anyway, <laughs> what about you, Eddie? Which which of the seven times did you enjoy the most? <laughs> uh, each time, I, I quite enjoyed it. But I'm <laughs> I, I'm obviously the big movie buff. I love going, um, and I hate spoilers, so I I do try and go as soon as I can. And this was one that uh, I might have got a little bit 
like we we were getting into Arnie from Marvelicious uh, warning territory uh, <laughs> with how uh, hyped I was getting for this film. So I I have a friend, uh, my wonderful best friend Claire, who I go to all these Marvel movies with opening day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had my tickets booked for me and her, and I made sure that I had a screenshot on my phone as well as the tickets printed and ready to come. I had called. <laughs> the theater a few weeks beforehand to say, you know, I, I booked these tickets opening day and I just want to make sure that this is still good. There hasn't been any changes or anything <laughs> like this. Wow. And, and the girl was very patient with me and was like, yes, that's fine. The, the movie will be starting when it says that it starts on the ticket. <laughs> and all that. Uh, I emailed a spare copy of the tickets to Claire so she could have a screenshot on her phone <laughs> as well as uh, printed them out herself uh, so that we'll cover it if everything uh, went wrong. Uh, we got to the shopping centre an hour beforehand, uh, even though this was a public holiday and what happens with this public holiday for those that aren't in, in Australia, uh, shops will sort of close down until midday and then open uh, again, from sort of 12 o'clock onwards. So it wasn't like we were going around looking at stores or anything like that. Uh, most of the place was still uh, closed up. But I'm going to say I was glad I got there that early because uh, the theatre that I went to uh, has sort of this big open entrance. So they have these big roller doors uh, that were down. There's about five of them across its entrance. And it was like a zombie film. People were crushing up against these roller doors trying to get in before the theatre had even opened, uh, even though I'm assuming everyone there had tickets already for mm. the session. Otherwise, you're out of luck anyway because the sessions had sold out ages ago and we've all got allocated seats, so I didn't get people's <laughs> need to be running under the yeah. doors once they started Goodness. to open and... <laughs> crowding through because once we all got in we're all in and uh nice and seated and once that was over i traveled back to my hometown and went to my local theater where once again it's more of a smaller town theater but i got there about 40 minutes beforehand and the queue was already outside uh and that was a queue for people with tickets just lining up to get in because that theater doesn't have allocated seating Uh, and i had some friends who were going to the session after me. So I messaged them and said, you might want to get here a little bit earlier if you want good seats. And when I came out of that one, they were in the exact same spot that I was standing in uh, at the time. It was just, it was like a circus every <laughs> theatre I went to. Uh, wow. those, it was just sort of crazy packed and jammed. So uh, that that's where I was impressed when you said the day before you were able to jump on and get tickets. I was like, oh, that wasn't any of the theatres near me. We were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I live in the city, man. You know, like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and uh, what I found amazing is that, you know, we get to the end and after, what, 10 years, still like a third of the audience leaves. Yes. Credits start. yes. And, uh, I and I think, I'm like, really? I think I know why. I think, I, I think none of the post credit spoilers are, are so monumentally amazing that you have to see them in the flesh. And I think some people just go, you know what? 
I had to sit through 15 minutes of trailers to see something which I could probably just read online and be done with it because I was sitting through the credits and they just kept going oh, and so going. Yes. And all I could think of is it, it would be easier to list the people who didn't have anything to do with the film because uh, it would be quicker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am... Um... See, I think I I get paid because I'm someone who does go to a film multiple times. Once I know what the end stinger is in a Marvel film, uh, if I need to go to the bathroom, it's like, yep, you know what, I'm done. I'll just watch the end credit scene uh, next time. So the very first screening, I'll always wait around to the end. But yep. once I've seen it once, I oh, don't need enough, to of course. watch yeah, the um, end credit scene every time I see the. I, I do wonder whether those one third of the audience that leave just do that. I'd love to hang around for the post credit scene, but I've just sat here for 160 minutes and I really need to use the bathroom. Well, well, make a time, run for, it. For, for this one, yeah. uh, you'd have time to go to the bathroom <laughs> and, yeah, and get back and still see it. <laughs> yeah. oh, my goodness. Write a novel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that. I did go to a very fancy gold class one once that uh, had its each cinema had its own special toilets and they would play the film on the back of the toilet door in like this little screen thing uh, with audio. So if you went to the bathroom, you could still uh, watch a bit of a section out and they stopped doing it. It went away. Uh, so I don't know if, you know, maybe certain sexier scenes were playing and a bunch of people <laughs> getting up and running to the bathroom. And like, oh, this is oh, not. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, up until you said that, I was actually thinking that sounds like my dream toilet, but yeah, now you've kind of dirtied yeah, it up for me. Yeah. And it's yeah, not awesome. as appealing. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, very good. All right. Well, I'm sure we could actually go on at length about the film in particular, but then we'd have to do the whole spoiler thing and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And uh, we do have toys to talk about. We okay. are covering both the, the big and the little. So uh, we're going to get on with that after the, this short break. If you like listening to podcasts, there's a good chance that you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is Wool by author Hugh Howey. It's the first book in a trilogy which unfolds the mysterious story of The Silo, a subterranean city extending 144 stories beneath the surface. It's a captivating book that I had to listen to almost in one sitting because I couldn't turn it off. To get your copy of Wool for free and start your 30-day free trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Now, each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail, and these might be new releases, or we might talk about favorite or bizarre items from our collection. And Eddie, you've got something very new. I do. So I'm going to be talking about Jurassic World uh, products that have just been released. Uh, now, I do have to admit a level of bias when <laughs> talking about these uh, because I grew up at the perfect age when Jurassic Park came out. I think I was oh seven years gosh. old, so I was just perfect. <laughs> I, so, yeah. Uh, this is John's just sighing somewhere. He doesn't know why. Um, <laughs> <but> I, <laughs> I grew up 
loving the franchise. It was a huge part of my childhood, particularly the Kenner toys that came out at the time were uh, spectacular. I love dinosaurs. Uh, the third film, which I know isn't everyone's favorite, but came out at a time I was doing work experience at high school and I tried to get into a museum for work experience, found out that's very hard to do, ended up at a football club kitchen. Uh, <laughs> but I, I didn't give up. And um, as I've alluded to a few times on this show, I now work uh, in museums, exhibitions, and I work with dinosaurs. Uh, and I actually had the privilege of working on uh, the debut of a Jurassic World exhibition uh, that teamed up with people from Walking with Dinosaurs. And we had big animatronic robotic uh, T-Rexes that would walk a paddock and do all sorts Great. of things. And there was part of that that was absolutely fantastic because we were dealing with props from the movies as well as sort of turning dinosaurs to real life. Uh, and there's part of it that it becomes work and there can be troubles that come up <laughs> with uh, dealing on such big scale uh, pieces and uh, literally like thousands and thousands of people through and uh, all sorts of things and Lots it's safe to say yeah. uh, and if you are to play the John Williams theme around some of my staff they get triggered it's, it's <laughs> was one of the and that's that's I'm talking about things from my my perspective and Everyone that worked on it was fantastic, but it was just a very big task. And uh, it's left me with a lot of weird feelings <laughs> towards Jurassic World because it was very uh, – we were working on this the year after the Jurassic World film came out, and uh, it was very Jurassic World-focused. And I liked a fair bit of Jurassic World, but there was the made-up dinosaur, and as a purist dinosaur fan, like – how Ben is with his comic characters sometime. I, I want to see the originals. I don't want to see uh, new characters coming in and just being made up for uh, things. So I was a bit mixed. So when I'm talking about things here, uh, I come from it from a very love-hate uh, <laughs> side of things. But Solidarity, things bro. that I did really uh, Wait, enjoy so were... Well, yeah. When you say made-up dinosaur, like which dinosaurs aren't made up? This Indominus Rex is a completely Wait. made up dinosaur. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like they were ever real or anything. Like you. <laughs> it's going to be controversial, isn't it? Have you, ever seen, that, have you ever seen that episode of Friends where Phoebe is like, just has this conversation with Ross? She's like, yeah, but the dinosaurs never existed. You know? <laughs> and he just slowly goes insane. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, you, you think that's funny? I've had those conversations with real people on a museum floor and it stops getting funny once you realize that they're not quoting friends or oh, things like no. that. They're, they're getting, <laughs> it gets into some very awkward uh, conversations can arise when talking about dinosaurs that you just yes. never plan on coming. I had one parent send his little daughter over to me the other day to be, and she's is like, oh, she's got a question, and she was did a sort of normal little toddler mumble, and I was like, well, excuse me, and the dad answered for her and said, she's asking that if all the people in the world die in an extinction event, do the animals die as well? 
And he was waiting for me to tell his little toddler uh, if a dog would die. <laughs> I didn't know how to answer. I didn't know, was he hoping that I'd be like, oh, no, your puppy would be fine. And that, or does he want the realistic, like, oh, well, if, goodness. you know, all the people have died and it's a domesticated pet, it's going to probably starve or, you know, it'll probably eat your face if you're lying. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> Unless it's near the blast point and, you know, then it would yeah. die a horribly fiery death. Oh, my yeah. gosh. But that's the good thing about dogs versus cats. Cats will just eat your face straight away, whereas the dogs, they'll save your face to the end because dogs will love you. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, so are you yeah. paying for her therapy now or is that? Well, I didn't. Like, I, was, I just thought it was there. like, okay. well, well, it would depend on how people died and sort of <laughs> showed her something else that. <laughs> and took her mind oh, uh, onto different things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but one thing that I did like about Jurassic World to get uh, back on topic is I did like the actors. I'm a big fan of uh, Chris Pratt and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, but my disappointment with the last film was that when they Hasbro were doing the toys, they didn't actually do uh, characters based on uh, the actors in the film. They just had generic military guy or scuba guy uh with the dinosaurs and that's oh, scuba guy i loved his scene. Not, that was awesome yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that can be a bit disappointing for me with uh jurassic world if it's just dinosaur figures i want to have uh humans with dinosaurs that's the big appeal of the franchise so uh there was a big shake up a year or two ago where hasbro lost the Jurassic Park license and it went to Mattel. Uh, so this is really there, uh, I think, first. There might have been some that fish. That feels price a bit backwards. Stuff. Yeah, it was. It's like uh, I guess trend. Has yeah. taken all the other franchises, but uh, <laughs> there was one that sort of slipped through the uh, cracks there uh, of the truck as it falls over the cliff. But uh, we have finally got, I believe there was now, because we're going to get an email, there was a set released towards the end of the Jurassic World line that did have a Chris Pratt figure in it, but was never released here in Australia, and it was a fairly cruddy figure with like two points of articulation that I wasn't going to pay a lot on Amazon to get uh, in here as well. So there was one eventually done. Um, but uh, though we've finally got the set, so uh, we haven't got a lot of them here in Australia. We've just got some basic ones, and we haven't really got the individual figures, but we got the deluxe ones, which is what I've got here to talk about. So that uh, includes Owen, which is Chris Pratt's character with his uh, trained Velociraptor Blue, and we have Claire that comes with the Gyrosphere, uh, which is that ball vehicle uh, that uh, they're riding around uh, in Jurassic World with the kids. Um, and judging by the trailer, it looks like it comes back in this uh, film. So to start off, I'll talk about the figures because they're fairly much the same, just uh, different sculpts. They're a little bit weird. Now, you guys don't have images of them because I've uh, rushed in here uh, to be on the record. So I haven't put anything in the scripts, unfortunately. They look like very basic figures. They're three and three quarter. They're, you know, roughly your G.I. Joe sized. Uh, you've got ball jointed uh heads you've got swivel at the waist you've got uh these kind of cross between ball joint and uh t joints in the hips uh and you've got socket uh joint and swivel 
in the knees and on the arms you've got ball jointed shoulders and uh, the joints and swivel at the elbows. So you actually do have a lot of articulation in these figures. Now, the unfortunate part of it is, and it's kind of a weird issue where they do a good job of hiding the articulation except on the waist. So the waist where you've got that sort of weird ball meat swivel joint on the legs uh, does stand out. It does give them that T-crotch effect and it makes them look like cheap, cheaper figures uh, than they might be, but not <laughs> overly. Um, so, and because the other articulation joints are actually kind of well hidden, uh, you might think that these figures are less articulated than they actually are. You can get a fair bit of posability uh, out of them, but unfortunately, they do have a little bit of a cheap figure look to them. But once you actually get them in hand and start posing them around and playing with them a bit, uh, they are much nicer than you might expect. Now, the head sculpts aren't great, particularly with what we've been seeing from Hasbro recently, but they're not horrible either. Bryce Dallas Howard's actually uh, fairly decent. Uh, the Chris Pratt one, you can recognize it as being Chris Pratt um, from Jurassic World, but it's not like it's a super great likeness. It's more coming from the hair and uh, facial hair than any distinct features. They sort of remind me of what we were getting from Hasbro when uh, they were doing three and three quarter figures for their um, movie uh, Marvel stuff and the G.I. Joe movie line. We were talking about that sort of uh, level of likeness. Uh, in terms of paint, they're fairly basic. Uh, it's generally the plastic that their clothing in is molded uh, in that. So it's only really some top parts of where, like, uh, Claire's got boots. The top of the pants are painted uh, near where that meets the joint. Uh, Owen's got boots that are painted because the jeans that the plastic is molded in comes all the way down to the foot, and then it's just uh, that little end piece of the foot that's painted. He's got a watch on that's painted and uh, some belt uh, details. But apart from that, it's pretty much just the plastic that they're sculpted in, uh, which is fairly good, and really these guys probably wouldn't be getting a lot of uh, paint detail anyway so uh, if you were looking for more detail it would probably come across looking a bit cheaper uh, so it's it's serviceable for what they need to be and the paint on the faces is actually fairly good you've got the color eyes in there you've got uh, some sort of scruff detailing uh, around where Owen's got a five o'clock shadow and uh, bits in there so for a very small head uh, they do pack a little bit of paint detail in there. Now, Bryce's hair is just one color. It would have been nice to get another wash or that uh, in through there, uh, but it works. And the good thing I do like going the three and three quarter scale does mean that uh, you can get a lot of dinosaurs uh, that are going to look massive around them. So I haven't picked up the T-Rex yet, but I do want to uh, compare and see how they go uh, with that. The really 
great standout sculpt though uh, of these two is the Velociraptor Blue uh, that comes with Owen. This looks like it's just stepped uh, right out of a Stan Winston mold. There's some amazing uh, scaling detail going on, even though Velociraptors had feathers. Just, just saying, uh, <laughs> it uh, these guys. Uh, uh, he does look really fantastic. He's uh, really brings me back, not to Jurassic World, but uh, just watching the original Jurassic Park so many times as a kid, just that iconic vol- uh, Velociraptor head sculpt uh, from those movies with the upturned nostrils. It's just fantastic. Now, he's got a little bit of articulation on him, so he's got a uh, jaw piece so you can open his mouth and get that sort of raptor screech. He's got a ball joint on his neck. Now, it's the lower part of his neck, not the upper part, because he does have a bird neck that is a little bit long. Uh, so you can get some great movement out of that and some different head posing. He has ball-jointed shoulders coming out onto his uh, little arms there. Uh, now, it looks like his legs are articulated, but they're actually not because he's got an action feature, uh, unfortunately. Uh, and what it is he has springs in the upper part of his legs so you push him down and he will spring up and it works maybe 50 percent of the time you'll get a good jump from him uh other times he's just going to topple over on his side uh so when it works it actually is quite good and you can get um probably about twice his height in the air uh but it's a bit of trial and error uh, on it. Uh, in terms of paint, he's got some detailing in his mouth, so white on the teeth and pink uh, on uh, the tongue. His name's Blue, which comes from the blue stripes he has running down his sides, which he's got uh, yellow eyes, and they've given a nice sort of shiny paint onto the uh, talons on his feet, which is uh, very nice detail and makes them look uh, nice and sharp. Now, his feet are actually rubber. Uh, which is good. Uh, it's, it's a fairly firm rubber, but it's not the plastic of the rest of his body, uh, which does mean that they were able to sculpt in nice and sharp on his uh, claws there. So uh, he does look very dangerous. Claire, though, comes with uh, what's surprisingly the coolest thing, uh, which is the gyrosphere. Now, this is one of those points where I get a little bit triggered because i actually worked with the gyrosphere prop from uh the last film and it was in the room that the indominus rex uh was in so anytime i was dealing with this gyrosphere was also with the thing that annoyed me from the last uh, movie so uh, which also was the loudest and most uh <laughs> kind of packed and uh, you had kids screaming and all sorts of things going on in there that I, I won't go into, uh, but it was not a particularly great room. So these days when I see the gyrosphere, I sort of feel uh, a little bit nauseous in the stomach. Uh, but looking at the detail <laughs> that they've actually put into this gyrosphere as someone who spent time with the actual prop, uh, this is actually pretty good. So they've got the details in uh, the back of the cushions, uh, sort of like this lining uh, which is kind of a grip flooring on the base of it. Uh, you've got where you'd have the little joystick and the screen uh, that you could watch Jimmy Fallon doing his little dinosaur t- 
torque and even just some nuts and bolt details around the side. Now, uh, I didn't actually work with a whole gyrosphere. I was just working with the seat feature because the actual ball part was CGI'd in uh, later on. In fact, it was basically just a big fancy Segway that they were actually moving around on. Uh, but this one, you do get the ball feature, which works kind of like a hamster ball. You get two individual pieces, uh, one that actually has the seat locked in that does have a slight bit of uh, gyroing going on where it's connected at either end with screws and the base of it is actually very heavily weighted. So uh, you get the two ends, the one that has the seat connected and just an empty uh, shell one that has uh, cracks as if a dinosaur is trying to break through the glass on it and you can seal it up like a hamster ball or putting in the lid back on Tupperware, it sort of lines up and then you can uh, seal it up. And then that means that the chairs, thanks to the weight on the bottom and the screws either side, sort of like a front porch rocker, uh, when you roll this ball along, the seats are just always facing upwards. So you can actually plug the characters in and roll this ball down the hallway and they're always going to be upright as the ball rolls down and along and it really does seem to create that nice effect and work and it's just a very cheap toy uh, but a really nice image uh, <laughs> that you can get out of it now the one unfortunate thing is they do have sort of those c clips kind of the things that they used to use to plug the capes on uh, the superpower figures around the neck uh, they are jutting oh, wow. out of the seats so can plug the figures into uh, and it goes around their waists uh, so they don't fall out as they're moving around, which is good for when the figures are sitting in there, but it's a shame they don't unplug out uh, so that when no one's sitting in there, uh, it just gives it that nicer uh, image. But uh, considering that's probably my only real flaw uh, with the gyrosphere, they've done fairly well. Uh, so, but my r real big thing that I was impressed with these and actually across, uh, most of the line, I also brought a Dilophosaur, but I I'm not going to talk about, uh, him, uh, is that, Where did you uh, bring it? I, I brought it to this table so I could discuss it on the <laughs> podcast, but I'm not going to discuss it now. I purchased Thank a you. Dilophosaur that I won't, uh, go into, but. The thing that I am actually pleased to see on these guys is that uh, they seem to be very good values. So these deluxe figures uh, cost between $20 to $25 here in Australia, which considering you're getting a figure and a vehicle with Claire or a uh, figure and a more deluxe dinosaur with Owen uh, and the other ranges, like most of the basic figure dinosaurs are in a $9 range. Uh, that's where you get your raptors, your dilophosaurs, your gallimimuses, and then you've got your big electronic dinosaurs that are also in this deluxe scale. So they're going to cost you for like Triceratops and Allosaur uh, is $25. And even the Smash and Throw T-Rex with electronics is $55. It's actually not a badly priced toy line. Uh, so if, uh, particularly if you're picking these up for young ones and kids, uh, it's not going to set you back a huge amount. Like I basically got these two that I've talked about for nice tonight uh, for what a single Marvel Legends uh, would cost me. So I do... 
for the little flaws that I do have with it, I, I think they're sort of made up by the fact that even though the figures might look a little cheaper than average, it's a cheaper toy line. So I'm not going to be as harsh on it uh, as I might be. My biggest upset just being here in Australia is that with the Jurassic World figures, they've also done some legacy Jurassic Park figures and dinosaurs and vehicles, and I'm yet to see any of that here in Australia, and uh, they don't seem to be hugely available in the States. I'm hoping it's just yet, so uh, even trying to track them down online, it is looking to cost a bit of money, so uh, hopefully we do get them. Uh, as time goes on and uh, the shelves get sort of restocked for that sort of mid-year sale. Uh, but that's more my big fear uh, with them at the moment. But in terms of these guys here, particularly because of how impressed I am with the gyrosphere uh, and the fact that that's even working against me because I, I still get nauseous thinking about the gyrosphere, <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to give these guys $7.5 out of 10. Hey. Very nice. I still don't understand. We, you can have distribution problems with dinosaur toys, like dinosaurs. Aren't they like a timeless staple of young kids? They, like, I just... they, they should be. But uh, these guys have been hard to track down. It seems like each different store has different uh, items available, which is interesting. Mm. Uh, and I know our big W's have weirdly, they've set up, their aisle to have these figures in them uh but they haven't had anything in about two weeks of just being a square of uh empty uh shelf space at two of my uh big w's near me so i imagine something's happened to their shipment that was meant to be there one week but uh hasn't quite turned up but i am fingers crossed i can get an alan grant that's the Mm. the one Mm. very good all right well Thank you, Mr. Reddy. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back and we're going to have another Toy of the Week and Scotty is going to scale things up. Woohoo! With feathers, not scales. We've been over this. Oh, far out. If your collecting addiction is a hard itch to scratch, then you might lack a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon. Loot Crate is the world's favourite subscription box service and they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme, and there are so many theme crates to choose from, whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash afblues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues with the promo code BREACH10. Well, we are back for our second and final Toy of the Week, and Scotty is taking it up a size. Mr. Scotty, take it away. Thank you, Ben. So I am reviewing a Sideshow Premium Format Statue tonight of the DC Comics Variety. Ben and I have been doing an outstanding job of tag teaming <laughs> on these so that we're covering the whole line but not having to buy them all, which I think is awesome. Um, oh, having said that, I di- have actually now got my Lex Luthor Hooray! premium format. Thanks to Eddie for pointing out a sale to me that uh, that was Yay, a one-day, yay, a one-day <laughs> sale 
I was able to combine 13% off for Friday the 13th at Pop Culture with 10% off with um, Pop Culture Pennies, which I love. And yay. So, yay. Anyway, but tonight I'm talking about the latest release in the DC uh, premium format line, which is now I, for where I come from, we call her Zatanna. Um, <laughs> I know she was called Zatanna, Zatanna in the introduction. Um, and uh, was she now? Wow, she was. Yeah, yeah. How it's rude. not as bad as it's not as bad as sure or anything like oh, that. jeez, <laughs> it's been like three hundred episodes, man. Get over it. <laughs> I tell that story all the time. Um, the uh. It's funny though, isn't it? And we've had this discussion before about, you know, we we grew up with the well, Ben and I in particular, you know, grew up with this stuff where there was not none of these guys were on television or in movies or being spoken about, and so it was like it's like you know when you when you're a kid and you start reading and you know you just you've got a word in your head that you know how to read, and then the first time that you hear someone say it, you're like. Well, that's <laughs> yes. never the way I pronounced that in my head, but okay. <laughs> oh, I was a big fan of the Submariner as a kid. Yes. Magneto. Yeah, Magneto. <laughs> I was a Magneto for sure. The first time I heard Magneto, I was like, <laughs> no, it's 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 wrong. I mean, you don't you don't attach things to your refrigerator with a magnet. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but we'll we'll run with Zatanna because I'm doing the review. Oh yeah. Okay. So this is the sort of character that i collect lines for like you know i mean i love my batman and my superman etc but i'm a universe builder at heart and one of the reasons why i really love the premium format line is because of the depth of characters uh, and i'll i'll make a comment about some concerns i have about where the dc premium formats are at at the moment in that space um but this is a you know a favorite of mine um, now, I uh, my very first comic book was a Perez-era um, Justice League of America, and so my Zatanna is the George Perez um, costume with the really funky red thing on her head and the... Oh, um, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, which um, it's it just... It's, uh, so whenever I see the Zatanna in the... The magician outfit. I'm just always a bit like, yeah, that's not my Zatanna. Like her, you know. Like, but, uh, but you know, certainly not going to love the character and not going to pass this up. So, just to start with packaging, we often you know, talk about the premium format packaging and what a lottery it is in terms of whether or not you get something interesting or not. You know, I don't know if there's a consistent team that works on this or how it works, but you know, you get some that feel very phoned in and look kind of like a a year ten Photoshop assignment, and then <laughs> you get some that have obviously just had so much love put into it. And this, thankfully, is in that category. And I have to say, I think this really could be like my favorite premium format box. Um, wow! Yeah, because it is, uh, and there's a photo album up on our Facebook page where you can see all of this, and this has got a a really interesting juxtaposition of artwork with an actual image of the piece in mm. something that looks like a a playing card kind of thing that says you know the mist the mistress magic, Satana, and then it has 
premium format, but the um the with the words spelled backwards as per her spell casting. It's almost like an old um Dayville kind of thing. Yeah, like a you know uh, like a um a poster oh, the, or something that you might yeah, see. Yeah. Come see the bearded woman, you know, like um Yes. And uh but then in the middle of it it's got an actual image of the um the piece, but it's all kind of aged, so it looks a bit worn and, and things. And uh the and then the sides actually have um artwork as well. So one side says Mistress of Mysteries, Atena, your chance to witness the master mystifier who startles and amazes and then the other side, which I think I missed a photo of, is actually something slightly different. So, it just, and then super fun. The back of it is the same um, artwork as the front, but then the image is the back of the statue. Um, <laughs> so it's just like it's really it's just super fun. So you know, often you're like, no, there's a picture. You know, oh, I don't know. Actually, um, the the Amazing Spider-Man. Premium format box with all the artwork is pretty. Yeah, with all the Ditko stuff and the Mina stuff, awesome. impressive. But I, I, I loved this. I loved the, the love that was put into this. So that you know, props to the pr- box art team. Um, and can you please do all of the boxes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we get inside, and we've got the standard sideshow styrofoam. Uh, the uh, this is a pretty simple piece in terms of number of pieces to unpack. Delightfully, nothing was broken or hard to put together. I didn't have any requirement to go out to my garage and drill anything Ben style, so it's all um, <laughs> yeah, all good. Um, Still scarred. <laughs> so, um, in the DC world at the moment, Stanley Art Germ Lau is the flavor of the the century or, or the decade i should say and so this is uh he's got a design credit for this um based on his artwork along with alec pachenko zach roan and uh, dylan foreman and then the main sculpt credits for this are steve lord and alfred parides um and this is a really good fun um, one of the super exciting things about this is that we have soft goods people. Uh, it's not it's not all sculpting. Very exciting. Mm. And the uh, costume fabrication teams got a credit as well. So well done to all of you. This is twenty three inches tall, including the base. It is not a um, space hog premium format wise it's only eight inches wide and eight inches deep so it's going to um, fit in nicely with your other pieces and not be a display unfriendly piece and also not ridiculously tall either the just to start with the base one of the things which sometimes I skip over in haste to talk about the actual statue one of the things that I think is really special about the sideshow pieces is the artwork that actually goes onto the base, which you, often you look at once and then never see again because it's obviously like you know face down. And again, those can vary in terms of the amount of detail that's been put into it. But this is super fun. Again, this Zatanna premium format with the words backwards and then the the numbers. I've got the sideshow exclusive. 
Looks like the edition size was 750 and my piece is 663, so nothing super magical there. But then there's like, you know, a, a, a fanned out circle of playing cards on it. And, you know, it's, it's fun. Um, and something that I appreciate, particularly when a number of companies like DC Collectibles, et cetera, et cetera have scaled right back on any level of detail that they put on their bases. The, the DC Direct bases had a bit of just, yeah, at least logo artwork and maybe some credits and that sort of thing on it, as well as the edition size, where they've gone really plain now. So I'm glad that this is still around. It's great fun. And then the piece itself, as I mentioned, I was super excited to see and realize that I had not engaged properly with the construction of the piece, uh, that her jacket is actually soft goods and the lower bodice of her outfit is soft goods as well so there is and it all comes together her head is a separate piece her hands are separate pieces but the jacket body legs and handless arms are all one piece there is a bit of a plastic protector around the sculpted part of the top of her uh, um, torso, her bazooms, and that actually takes a little bit of... Uh, you don't need to be super afraid of pulling on it to pull it off. I was kind of like, oh, I don't want to break anything, so kind of taking all this care, and then when I finally worked out that it, it just pulled off, it just came off. So just rip it off, guys. It's all good. The, uh, the head, like I said, is a separate piece, the base is a circular base. It's got the some kind of combination of a stage sort of theme with a mystical um, theme on it, and the so, what's well, uh, again something that I hadn't really taken in in the promo pieces is that on the base there are some little like stage lights that look like they're meant to be you know glowing up onto her which is great and the uh, the base in terms of the figure fits into this really easily so each of the feet of the statue has a piece that goes into the base but there's only one peg so the front foot which is her left foot has a little um like peg plus a metal spike. Oh my gosh, I'm struggling with my nouns for this, aren't I? Um, been. Normally, see, if Ben and I were doing this together, he would just describe this bit and all the trouble <laughs> that he had putting it in. Um, where, and I would go, mine went in perfectly, which it did. The, yeah. And then the figure itself, Zatanna, is in a kind of a little, uh, like she's about to take a bow pose. She's got her right hand um like she's about to tip her magician's hat her left hand is behind her back holding her wand and some cards and she's sculpted looking a little bit to the left and this is this is where sometimes sculpting and painting of eyes can be a little bit fraught and I remember I reviewed something recently which had a similar pose, and I could, oh, the Raven bombshell statue, where I couldn't tell yeah, if yep. 
Yep. If the, it was her eyes were googly or not, or just she was meant to be looking at the left. Now that I can see this statue, I'm going to go back and say that one of my raven eyes is googly. Because yeah. this is done really nicely where she's looking to the left, but it actually looks good from any angle. And uh, so really nicely done. Everything besides those two pieces I mentioned are soft goods, except for her fishnets, um, which are fishnets. I would hate to see sculpted fishnets on her. I think that would be um, <laughs> quite you know, d- disastrous. And one of the things, particularly if you go back probably more to the action figure blog, action figure blues blog days that I used to rant and rave about with fishnets and action figures, it was the really ugly seams at the back. And thankfully that is not an issue with these statues, mainly I think because there is um, – actually a groove that's sculpted into the back of the legs that the seam is fits into, which then helps all of it kind of take shape and stay in Mm. place. Um, So, I mean, I wouldn't recommend any uh, vigorous friction on the fishnets, um, but, you know, they survive a, a gentle investigation, shall I say. <laughs> the, <laughs> um, I, I really want to well, give... All that can be taken completely out of context, <laughs> <but> anyway. <laughs> Why do you think I said it? <laughs> the, I, I really want to give a shout-out to the costume fabrication team because this is really lovely. The jacket um, has got some wire in the coattails of her jacket so that you could actually do a little bit of posing if you wish mine actually worked pretty well just kind of out of the box i can never get them i have to say i can never get those poses as nicely as the images are my wireframe cape posing skills are obviously not amazing (laughs) yeah no i I, i'm the same i i I sit there scrunching it and doing and then i just quit yeah, they, they, I, I sometimes I feel like they maybe have had a little bit of Photoshop help. But anyway, the yeah, love the idea of it. But the little bodice that is a fabric piece is really lovely. It's got some nice kind of metallic stitching in it and then little buttons as well. And I really love the way that they've combined that with the sculpted top. So the white shirt underneath it is sculpted. But then this piece around it, um, you know, is is fabric, and it's really really nice. Paint wise, mine is perfect. Hooray! The face is painted beautifully, and it really shows how photos do not do things justice. Because I I felt that from the uh, the photos of this, I wasn't really in love with the head sculpt. Um, I don't know. I just had kind of a little bit of a from certain angles, a bit of a mannish sort of look to it. Um, but I don't find that at all in person. And I actually like the the way that they have painted her face better in person than the promo photos, which is always a nice um, bonus because that doesn't happen too often. The, the paint-wise as well, they've done a really nice job of using a um, – a different kind of levels of matte black paint for her her hat and her 
very, very skimpy bikini bottom, and then a much shinier, not matte, sorry, sheen, but a, a much shinier gloss um, paint for her patent leather, quote-unquote, shoes, so really, really nicely done. Um, the only thing that I'm not going to be super glowing about with this is the exclusive element to it, because... Uh, <laughs> What we get is a rabbit. And I was really surprised that it like it literally is you get a sculpted rabbit that you can just set on the base. It doesn't even have <laughs> its own space on the base. So it's really like, wow. Like you know, I could it and you take it off the base, set it on the table, and it looks like something that you'd find at your great aunt, great aunt Sheila's house, sitting you know with a couple of <laughs> ceramic squirrels and you know something bizarre and an out of scale um, fox or whatever. It's it is mm-hmm. really really peculiar. Um, so I, <laughs> I don't I don't understand you know where where that came from. I'm not a fan of like the kind of animals as pets. I didn't love the streaky, the super cat with Supergirl as the exclusive either because, you know, yeah. that's kind of lame. What I would have loved to have seen, you know, with this is give us a, you know, exclusive sw- swap out headwear and hand where she's, you know, doesn't have the hat on and she's holding the hat in her hand or, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and maybe even with a rabbit coming out of it, you know, like, you know, great. Like, yeah, you could have done like a a swap out arm and with it as well. I mean, obviously the, the soft goods, I would imagine take a portion of the budget that would be higher than if it was all sculpted. And so it may be that, but it just, it feels like an afterthought, particularly since it doesn't even have a, place to fix it on the base, which I find annoying because then every time I move this, I'm going to have to remember that the rabbit isn't stuck on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, anyway, like, you know, that's it. It's, it, it's kind of fiddly, but I, I do, I find that the exclusives have gotten less and less exciting, you know, like, I mean, it's not as lame as black canaries poster, um, so, you know, that, that's something, but, you know, it's, it, it really kind of feels afterthoughty and not, you know, factored into, you know, swap out heads and, you know, again, going back to Black Canary, like not, not getting a swap out screaming head for a premium yeah. format to me is just like absurd. Um, so yeah, that's, that is a bit of a bummer. Um, but I, you know, love the piece. I'm going to go nine out of ten. Simply, only I'm just losing a point because I think the exclusive is a, you know, a bit of a no prize. You know, um, but I, I couldn't fault anything about the piece itself, both in terms of design and, and crafting. Um, what I do want to see is some new announcements of new characters in this line soon, please. Yeah, sideshow because we've got Batwoman coming. But then we're getting into recycling big name characters territory, um, and that would be fine if at the same time we were also getting at least the A list characters that still haven't been done. <coughs> Flash, <coughs> hello. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, so, I, I completely agree. Like, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, this isn't just a new Superman. This is the I think the third, if you if you count sort of Red Sun. Uh, you know, as well. So yeah, yeah. 
um, and I know those big names sell, but I, I think anyone who's actually committed to getting, you know, the other members of the Justice League are not going to have a problem at all at, of, of getting Hawkman or Green Arrow or yep. Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it is a, I, th- I think it m- makes sense from a, uh, you know, just a, a profit margin point of view that you've got to keep the, you know, your Batmans and your Jokers coming out because those characters will just always sell. Um, you know, but we're getting another Joker premium format, which by the way, I think looks super cool. Um, and, but, and that would be cool if at the same time there was this kind of other, Oh, and another Harley, you know, as well. Oh, yes. Um, Yes. Yeah. And the, which would all be fine if at the same time, you know, we, we were getting a solicit of, you know, a Hawkman or a Green Arrow, something for those characters that surely have to be coming. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah look, I, I think it's it's frustrating. They just announced another Poison Ivy, and yeah, I mean, you know, she was one of, if not the first, of the the DC premium formats, and um, you know, they did that original Mark Newman one, then they re-released it in the you know um, Green with Envy version. Uh, and now they've announced uh, another Poison Ivy. So, you know, this will be the third Poison Ivy uh, premium format available on the market. Uh, you know, yet they've chosen to do that over a, a Two-Face or a, a Penguin or a Riddler. Or an yeah. ambush bug. Exactly. That is bizarre. Mm. Ambush bug. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look, <laughs> I, again, I, I think that I understand that there are characters that sell. And you look at you look at Zatanna, the exclusive premium, premium the exclusive um, edition size is seven fifty, so and that is smaller than what an edition size for a Joker or a Harley is going to be, and so you, and you've got to pay the bills. So I get that, um, but it is just that the when we know what the kind of cycle of these are, where it is. Uh, a year, year and a half from the time that it's solicited to the time that it's kind of sitting on my desk with Batwoman being the last one that I've got on pre-order. That's like, well, that's a long time between drinks. Now, you know, it does give me the opportunity to go back and grab a couple of the ones that I haven't uh, bought at the time, like Deathstroke Mm. or um, Bane. um, And so I will, I'll do that. Um, But it is just still a bit, I'm like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. please keep Agreed. them coming. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm very happy with this piece. Very glad to add her to my collection. Thank you very much. Science show, the end. Lovely. Lovely. Well, thank you, Mr. Scotty. We are going to come back after this next message with some uh, feedback and wrap things up. before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. And if you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. Mr. Scotty, you have our feedback. I do. And this is uh, in response to my review of the Twitter head Robin Maquette on episode 316 
and it is from Wade Glenn the second, and he says, "Greetings." I just listened to your latest episode reviewing the Batman classics Robin Maquette from Tweeterhead. Very sorry to hear about the base mismatch. And just as a previously on the AFB podcast, for those who may not remember or have listened, shame on you. The uh, the issue that I had was that, you know, with of the sixth piece in the line, that the base was a darker color than all the rest of the bases and also not the same size as the others. And it, it, it made my OCD um, kind of twitch and probably would have killed Ben. Um, <laughs> so, yes. Yes. And so he says, very sorry to hear about the basement smash, but I'm happy to hear that you otherwise enjoyed the piece. I'm also happy to report as a proud owner of the Batgirl maquette, which is the one that I don't have yet, that her base matches both in height and color with Batwoman's. Attached her a couple of photos that he snapped when I first unboxed her, with a few other acquisitions at my desk. I hope you find this even a fraction as helpful as I have found the podcast since discovering a year or so ago. Take care and happy collecting. Aww. Oh. Mm. Very nice. Warm feelings. Thank you, Wade. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, kindly. Yeah, it's very nice. And thank you for that as well. That mm. is actually reassuring because I did mention that I didn't have Batgirl and that I was going to have to check that out before I committed just because... It was uh, funky, but now she's definitely on my need-to-buy list. Um, and I have to say, I love the fact that Twitter had, has done those those char- classic characters, the Batwoman and the Batgirl. Um, mm. you know, they're they're very toyetic, I think. And yeah, yeah. To, to get a, mm. to get statues out of them is just um, super fun. But it's also super fun that we got your email, Wade. Thank you very much. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, well, actually, uh, can I say one thing before we wrap up? Sure. Which is, this is episode 321, which uh, is not only great because backwards, it's 321. Uh, but this also is special for me because it means that I have now been around for more episodes of Action Figure Blues than I wasn't a part of. Oh, it's a little milestone episode for me. So, so there's like B E and A E before Eddie and after Eddie. And when when does the year um year one A E? When is that? One sixty. It's so cute that you remember that you remember your number your first episode. I yeah. can remember my first episode. Mm, me too. Yeah. I was just a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it was right when Avengers came out, ironically enough. It was because I think we did like we, we, we gave up doing movie reviews because we're not cool enough and whatever, but the um the we did an Avengers episode very early on, I remember. One of the first three, I'm pretty sure. Oh my gosh, that's crazy, man! You know, you're right. That's crazy. That means what? Does that mean we've been doing this for six years? Yeah. We just don't know how to quit, do we, Ben? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Lucky we Stop like this planning. stuff. It'd be really hard yeah. to talk about it. It's boring. <laughs> yeah. Stop planning the tenth anniversary show. That's it. <laughs> Very funny. All those balloons. All right, that's it. Thank you for listening. We will catch you next time. Good journey. Good night, nerds.
The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. 